GSO. The annual Spring Music Festival is coming for a great hopping weekend with swamp pop, country rock music, food and crafts, music by Aaron Foray, Sons of the Beach, the Rough and Ready Band, Shorts in December, and more. Friday, Saturday, March 15th and 16th. Tickets for adult campers, guests, and the public, $20. At Hidden Oaks Family Campground, Highway 190 East Hammond. For more details, hiddenoaksfamilycampground.com. It's time now for the Wednesday edition of The Food Show. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris, and I'd love to talk food with you. That's what we do here every single weekday at this same time, like we've been doing for 35 years. So come on in, and let's talk about food. It is National Strawberry Day, according to Tom. And uh, I am uh, wondering... If the strawberry season is uh, is going to be good or not this year, I think there have been some fits and starts. I think there are strawberries out right now. Josh, you, how long have you lived here? Uh, off and on since 2003. Okay. So you've certainly seen enough strawberry seasons. But I remember that strawberries started, I don't know, for the Strawberry Festival to be in April, as it is, you think that it must have been the height of the season, which it pretty much always is. But I was surprised about 20 years ago, I guess, to start seeing strawberries as early as January. And all of this, of course, because it's an agricultural product, is the vagaries of nature. So we've had good seasons and bad seasons, of course, like everything. And last year was a particularly great strawberry season. I thought strawberries were just the best I've had in a really long time last year. And so I was wondering how, you know, I mean, we had, we had that dry spell. We had all kinds of weird weather this year. Uh, I like it because it's dry, but uh, it's really impacted the crawfish season and other things. So uh, I was wondering if the strawberry season would be delayed or what. But I saw strawberries for a brief snap of like a day or so, I want to say in really early January. And then they disappeared after a day. And I see them out now. And I don't know if that's that they're out now or if it's another just snap and then they'll go away and come back at a more traditional time, which is, you know, March, April. But I did have some strawberries. Where did we have them? Oh, they were at Pardo's. We had some strawberries on top of a creme brulee at Pardo's last week, and I thought they were really good. So I think maybe we're going to have a good 
strawberry season. I've not seen my uh, regular vendor whose name I cannot remember, but there's a guy that pulls up a big truck and parks it near the Desi Vegas Steakhouse North Shore. And he's, I think it's Fletcher. I think that's his name. And it's just like this big truck with a whole bunch of flats of strawberries. And you, you could, of course, buy one or half flat or a whole flat. And that's kind of like my strawberry guy. And I can tell from his strawberries whether it's going to be a good season or not. And last year, they were great. The year before that, not so much. So uh, hopefully he'll be out soon. But when I see him out with all of those strawberries, I know we're in we're in the season and it's not going away until it officially does go away months later. 5569696 is the number Tom says about National Strawberry Day. The strawberry industry doesn't seem to know about it. Strawberries worth celebrating. Here in Louisiana, where the strawberry is the official state fruit, the strawberry season is in high gear. They seem to appear a little earlier each year. They do, but I feel like they're also kind of retreating back. That schedule owes to our southerly latitude. Strawberry harvests will radiate north over a great deal of the rest of the country for months. Strawberries are unusual in that they carry their seeds not just inside, but outside the fruit, a botanist would jump in here and say that what we call the seeds are actually the fruits, and what we call the fruit is really a much expanded base peg. That's too technical. I just like to eat them. That said, we note that few fruits can match the fragrance and lusciousness of big, ripe strawberries at the peak of the season. When they're at their best, the best way to eat them is all by themselves. No cake, no whipped cream, no sugar, no saccharin. Unfortunately, the goal of the agriculture industry is to grow big, colorful strawberries that stay that way long enough to make it to the supermarket and stay there for a week or more. To do that, they've developed strains that resist ripening while having a gorgeous, ripe-looking red cast. Oh, no. That's why they don't have the fragrance and the sweetness we remember of old. Well, just like everything else, I guess. The most glorious time for strawberries is when Louisiana strawberries buy the flat from trucks on the sides of roads. The berries are a lot better than other sweets you could be eating. They are full of vitamin C and fiber, and most important, full of juicy, sexy deliciousness. I do hope that's true. Do you notice that, Josh, that every year you, you kind of have to wonder if it's going to be the great, ripe, luscious, sweet strawberry or not? <clears throat> mm. Or do you think about it? No, I, don't, don't, I don't think about it. Okay. <laughs> I really rarely buy fruit. And uh -huh. when it comes to seasonal stuff, I just know when the beer companies roll out their Louisiana strawberry beer that, oh, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Springtime. <laughs> okay then <laughs> all right well for the rest of us uh i think people do really notice if it's a good year or not as they do with tomatoes and other kinds of things crawfish but agriculture products are definitely a year-to-year -year proposition for sure yes crawfish have you had any crawfish lately um this season no i have not 
I just had some the other day. We went to Mandeville Seafood and picked up a couple of pounds of crawfish. I think Will, who we have on the show from time to time, is an extraordinarily good spice, uh, I won't say blender, but uh, he knows how to uh, boil crawfish. He's got the technique down. For me, for my taste, I love it. It's it's not too spicy, but it is definitely a mouthful of flavor. And I was curious about these strawberries because I thought they might have a, a funny texture or something like that because of all that we've been hearing about them, but they were quite fine. I mean, they were this type of strawberry for this part of the season, which is one might be small, one might be large. But uh, I thought the flavor was great, and I thought the texture was exactly what I was looking for. So I am happy to say that once you get your hands on the strawberries, not strawberries, uh, crawfish, that um, it probably will not be disappointing. 556-9696 is the number. If you would like to talk about food, last night we went to Mimi's in Chalmette which is a place that has been around since 2012. I asked last night while we were there. And I have cited Mimi's a number of occasions as being one of those restaurant anomalies where a uh, restaurateur decides, I think I'll be a restaurateur. And they set up shop. And not only are they successful, well beating the odds, which is one out of every 200 restaurants uh, survives five years. But they, they beat the odds in the most astronomical way and a tremendous success. That is what happened with Mimi's. Two people in the carpet business decided to open a restaurant. And they were lucky enough to have a fantastic chef that lived around the corner and uh, it was a wonderful thing. And they have been there now for 12 years. They have had two changes in the kitchen. And we had, uh, <clears throat> not Josh, we had, um, I believe it's Doug Brasselman on to talk uh, to us for Mimi's last week or the week before. It was, it's been a couple of weeks because... I always say the food show works on me first, and I was dying to get over there based on what he said. And so we finally did make it last night, and I will tell you all about that when we come back. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites. And we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. Alrighty, five five six nine six nine six is the number. So one of the things that Doug talked about, besides all the things on the menu, one of the things that he talked about was a special day that they have 
for what amounts to a happy hour, but it's in the evening. And they call it Tuesday Twilight. And it is half half price on wines and half price on advisors. And I was looking at the menu when Doug was on the phone and I was saying, gee, I would love to eat the entire appetizer menu. And then I thought, well, you know, I'm not gonna be able to go do that. And then I thought after he said the Tuesday twilight that I would go and do that. And that would be a great way to sample all of these appetizers over the years. Mimi's has been moving more and more in the direction of a steakhouse, which is not an unusual thing for a restaurant. I won't say it's common, but I do see it. I know that Austin's started out as just a regular restaurant and has moved into with a big presence. I noticed at Shemin Alamere in the Four Seasons, I was looking at their menu, and they appear to be getting into the steak game in a big way. So it, it does happen. And I feel like over the last few years, Mimi's has definitely been doing that. We did not get, honestly, I'm embarrassed to say we did not get anything past appetizers last night because we did get all of the appetizers. I think all of them, except maybe one. So we started out with uh, crab cakes, and I'm going to need Patty to dig up a, uh, a uh, sound effect for me dragging over my soapbox on crab cakes because this was not a crab cake to my definition of crab cake. It was a stuffed crab patty. Now, it was not deep fried as most of them are, but I'm noticing in restaurants that that whole crab patty thing is gravitating away from the obvious crab patty, which is breaded and deep fried, and moving into a pan-seared option, which is confusing because if that used to that used to be my way of determining if this crab cake was one that I wanted to eat, i.e. a real crab cake. If it was deep fried, I knew it wasn't. If it was pan sauteed, I thought it probably was. But I'm seeing sort of an evolution now where pan searing is happening on this crab patty thing, which is what it was last night. It was two uh, nice size crab patties. And it was served with a uh, remoulade that had a, a really nice horseradish kick to it. There was nothing wrong with them. I just have an image in my mind when I see crab cakes on a menu that we're talking about the, the kind that we spoke about yesterday, or whatever day that was, two days ago, uh, with the lump crab meat in it. That was not the case. Sorry to uh, hear that. This time. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just. Do you gonna, ask in advance or do you let them surprise you? I do ask in advance, which is why I, I, and I, there are two, there are two ways that I judge this by price point. If the price point is. I'm looking at be, their menu and it's like dead in the middle. It'd be impossible to tell. Exactly. Exactly. It says $22 now, online. 
Yes. Now, what's there's a there's a place on the North Shore called Rest a While. And when he came out with a crab cake, it was pan seared and it was exploded with jumbo lump crab meat. And when it hit the menu, it was, are you ready for this? $15 served over corn mock shoe. This was a steal of a dish at that price. Now it's not that. I think it's, it's probably, I want to say it might be $22 as well. But the difference in that 20, whatever, I'm going to look it up. Rest of Wiles crab cake. Um, the difference in that one and what I got last night is, is a chasm like the Grand Canyon. I mean, what we had last night were two crab patties that were pan seared because the question I used to ask was, are they pan seared or deep fried? If they said deep fried, I knew exactly what it was. Now, when I ask the question and I get pan seared, I'm still not sure what I'm going to get. So I'm looking uh, at the rest of while menu online and they are also 22. Okay. The difference in those two. But this one says jumbo lump. Yeah. Well, I think $22 is a lot for a stuffed crab. Basically, I think 22 for the one at rest a while is still a good price. The one that they're doing at rest a while that I would expect on a menu after you get it, 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 you know, you would say, oh, this should be like $27 based on today's prices for actual crab cakes. It doesn't, I don't like stuffed crab. I do like stuffed crab. I really do. I like stuffed crab in a crab shell. And I've, I've beaten this, this soapbox to death so much. Josh, you're just hearing it because you're, you know, you're in today and you were in on Friday. I've heard it my entire time living here versus growing, oh, you have? growing up in Maryland. Yeah, the two different types and everything. And Okay. Well, not stuffed crab, but I'm talking about what we call here, yeah. here as a crab cake. It isn't a crab cake. I worked in it's restaurants and I, rem- I, I would see what we served as crab cakes. And I'd be like, that's not a crab cake. But I would, didn't know any better. <laughs> You know, that's right. That's ago. not a crab cake. <laughs> yes. Well, what we have here is stuffed crab and put it in the shell and don't put it on a plate as a crab cake. That's it. And I know I'm people have already turned off, I'm sure, because this is like my box. But anyway, that's what we started with. We had that. And um, again, they weren't bad. They were just I was glad to have paid $11 for them. I would have not been happy at $22. Uh, let's see. The other thing that we had, Tom had an ahi tuna that he was crazy about. I'm going to have to start ordering Tom ahi tuna whenever it's on the menu because he loves that. And I don't eat that sort of thing. And I made a pact with myself to not order things for Tom that he might not eat because I won't eat them and then they go to waste. But I think he will eat them because he really does like it. And and when he eats it, he recognizes it. He exclaims about it as he did last night. He was absolutely gaga about the ahi tuna. We got some meatballs that were oven roasted. And I don't know why that was differentiated on the menu, but uh, 
it was they were a little too oven roasted for me. I thought the sauce was really good though. I would like to I would like to see a lasagna with that sauce. I bet you it was good. And I almost asked for the sauce to be tossed in some pasta as like a little side dish, but I didn't know if they were up for things like that last night. Oh, I forgot to say that we got the char-grilled oysters, which are very good there. These were itty-bitty oysters. You never know what you're going to get when you order char-grilled oysters. They could be really fat, and they could be medium size, or they could be itty-bitty. These were itty-bitty. Now, it could be that three days ago, you went to Mimi's and got oysters, and they were plump and juicy and fat. I mean, it absolutely depends on the day. I just am always mystified by how different oysters are from day to day, even at the same place. But last night, they were small. Good sauce, great for dipping. Uh, we liked everything else about them, but they were small. Uh, let's see. The other thing I got was they call them honey shrimp. And they are honey with crystal hot sauce, pickled onions on them. And those were fine. They were not exceptional. They were not bad. They were just fine which is like 95% of everything that I eat in a restaurant. It was fine, you know. Wasn't bad. It wasn't, you know, exceptionally good. It, it worked for what it was. Let's see. The other thing we have, we got some fries, which are house cut there. And they were good. I have to remember, which is something I don't do very often, I have to remember when I see good, fries to tell them not to garlic them. Or if I see truffle fries, I usually do remember to say that. I just essentially prefer basic fries with salt or Cajun seasoning. And if you want to put Parmesan on it, that works for me. Garlic is too strong a flavor that to me masks the potato flavor and uh, truffle the same thing. But the fries themselves were good. They were little bistro fries, and uh, I was extremely impressed that they were doing them house cut. And I'm trying to think of what else. I think there was one other thing on the table that we got. But the problem was we, we filled up on the appetizers. We were going to get the entree that's first up on the menu, which was a blackened redfish and it had a lot of interesting components to it but he the chef came out and he said that um they didn't get redfish in yesterday so they substituted uh, trout and i was excited about that because i i prefer trout i don't care for redfish but then the waiter mentioned that it was rainbow trout, which eh, doesn't so much. So we did not get what they call blackened Louisiana redfish with fried green tomatoes, crawfish remoulade, and uh, southern coleslaw. I mean, that dish sounds really good, but, um, but we were A, full, and B, I was not all that excited necessarily about that.
We didn't get the barbecued shrimp off of that menu, and we didn't get the crawfish boudin egg rolls, which are pretty ubiquitous around town. And I, uh, I like them, but I didn't, I didn't really feel like that. I did want to get some spin dip, which we did. It was unusual. It was an enormous portion. It was served with tortilla chips that I really liked. They were light and uh, nicely fried and crispy, and I'm sure that they were doing them in-house. But the spin dip itself was, I think, I want to say there was goat cheese in there or even borson, but it was um, it was sort of an odd flavor, and I was not thrilled with it. Oh, that's right. We have the ladies from the Food Truck Festival who are calling us, and we are going to talk to them for a little bit after the news from the Louisiana Radio Network, which we are not at yet, but will be very, very shortly. Anyway, that was Mimi's last night. Uh, I love this restaurant. It's a cute place. It's got a really nice feel to it. I really, it's like a, well, I think I think the decor kind of lends itself to being a steakhouse, which may be why they're moving so much into the steaks. But it's really got a nice feel to it. And uh, I love all the people there. If you are not wanting to go into town, I, that's a really good option. It's a it's a really nice place. Uh, the food is not exceptional, but it's good enough. It's time now for the news from the Louisiana Radio Network. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Brooke Thorrington. Legislation to allow permitless carry in Louisiana is the first bill in the crime special session to receive final legislative approval. Jeff Palermo has the story. The bill is heading to the governor's desk after the House approved the measure on a 75-28 vote. Lake Charles Representative Wilford Carter voted yes because he says criminals are already concealing their guns without a permit. They just got a gun. They got a gun, they pointed it and they shoot people. In order to get a permit, a gun holder must pass a training course. And New Orleans Representative Mandy Landry wants to keep permits in place. If you want to drive a car, don't you need a license and training? Oakdale Representative DeWitt Carrier says he's wheelchair bound because he got shot. So he's all for this legislation. I don't understand how anybody would be against it to protect yourself. I'm Jeff Palermo. And there are reports that serious negotiations are in the works to bring the beloved Bucky the Beaver to Lafayette. That Bucky's would be constructed along I-10, and it would be the second in Louisiana. A store New Ruston is scheduled to open next year. LRN. Hello, this is Rosie the Skunk for Atmos Energy. You might think I make a bad smell. I mean, of course you do. Why wouldn't you? After all, I'm a skunk. But my stinky fragrance is nothing compared to the rotten egg smell of a gas leak, because that could be dangerous. So if you think you smell a leak or encounter other signs such as hearing a hissing or blowing sound or seeing a vapor cloud, blowing dirt or bubbling water, do not smoke, talk on the phone, turn on or off equipment or vehicles, or do anything that could cause a spark. Leave the area immediately. Then call 911 and Atmos Energy. Atmos Energy will send a trained technician to investigate the situation. Take it from a skunk. Gas leaks just plain stink. Seriously, there's no gray area here. When dealing with gas leaks, it's black and white. Yep, that's a little skunk humor there. For more information, visit atmosenergy.com slash gas safety. This is Ed Harrell, founder of the Kindness Revolution. A good friend of mine who was a terrific football player told me recently that he owes his success to a call he got from his football coach 
at a young age. The coach simply said, I've noticed how hard you're working on the line lately, and I appreciate it. That was it. That small sentence changed the way my friend played, and he says it changed his life. One small sentence from someone he admired. One simple statement of appreciation and encouragement made my friend better. And it can make your friends and employees and coworkers and family, you get it, better. So let's try it. Let's be more aware of saying how much we notice the hard work someone is doing. It might just change their lives and make our worlds a little kinder. For more information, check us out at thekindnessrevolution.net. The solar eclipse is coming in April, and you're going to be hearing a lot about it as it gets closer. You'll also be hearing about how important it'll be to have your solar eclipse glasses for your family and friends. Why not buy them from the store that promotes kindness? Simply go to shop-kindness.com and buy yours today. That's shop-kindness.com. By the way, our listeners get a 20% discount on all items, so head to shop-kindness.com and enjoy the eclipse safely with your family and friends. Remember, shop-kindness.com. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. Okie dokie, 5569696 is the number. I say that automatically, but we actually have a guest right now. Valerie Weitz is with us, as she is twice a year. You girls are really ambitious to do a big festival twice a year. Do you ever think about that? I'm impressed. All the time. (laughs) And we often wonder, we scratch our heads and then say, but wait, it is so much fun. So, of course, we're going to do it twice a year. Why wouldn't we? I was telling someone that you all were going to be on, and I was, and they said, "Wait a second, was that a year ago?" And I went, "No, it was only six months ago." Because they do it twice yeah. a year, and then I thought, "Why do they do it twice a year?" Because it's a lot of work. You guys have really a- made this a big deal in a short time. Yes, we have, and we're so proud of it. It is, yeah, it is a it true team effort. So, yeah, the Louisiana Food Truck Festival is held here at the Harbor Center in Slidell in March and October, and it, it was funny. I was scrolling through Facebook today, and uh, there's a Facebook page of Louisiana Festivals. We've made it to that. We've made it to all sorts of different festival pages as well, so it really has taken off. It has. It's a great, it's a great event. It, you, well, you, you know it's it a is. wonderful event. It is, yeah. and on a great day. I mean, it's a really nice venue. It's it's lovely. So how did it start? Were you working for the Harbor uh, the, the Harbor for Center? The Harbor Center, yes. So it you is, are. It is okay. actually, um, okay. it's the Harbor Center staff okay. and team, and then the Friends of the Harbor Center, which is a nonprofit for us. I see. We okay. actually... We're just having him, you know, sitting around one day talking, and someone said, uh-huh. hey, we need food trucks. And it, it morphed into the food truck this. festival. <laughs> and, you know, the first one was December of 2018. Uh-huh. And we started that one with about 16 trucks and 20 vendors inside, and it's just taken off from there. We've, we're very lucky. We found our sweet spot is about 20 or 21 food trucks. And um, we have a lot of returning food trucks. We've got a lot of new food trucks, and we have a wait list for food trucks. I was about to so say, so in. if you started, I didn't realize you started with that many. So mm-hmm. what, what is the average lifespan of a food truck at the festival? I would imagine there are people who are there every year. So how do you have room for new ones? 
So, yes, it's it's a first-come, first-served basis. So we do have, a, like, the Silver Slippers are uh, presenting sponsors, so they always have their food truck here. Okay. But then we have a, we have a handful of food trucks that just come to every single festival, and it's first-come, first-served. So really? So there's I no grandfathered be... in? You have to reapply every yes. time? Really? Yes. Yep. Wow. And That's a lot of so... extra work for you all right there. It makes it even more fun. Oh wow! Um, but yeah, we uh, will. I'll I'll be with people on Saturday that will want their applications for the October show. Goodness gracious! So, yeah. Okay, so who is who has been there every single year? Well, let's see. We have Frytastic who has been here every single year, and they um, Brian and his team. They started out with just loaded fries, and now they've moved into smash burgers as well. And they won the Best of the Fest trophy and the People's Choice trophy for the last festival in October. So they've been with us, and they do, like I said, they do loaded fries, and they do smash burgers. It was his PB&J smash burger that won him Best of the Fest. I know. That's what Patty said. I'm still scratching my head at that, but... Okay. <laughs> I see that Joe's Lobster is part of this list again. He was there Joel, when? Yes. Joe's Lobster Rolls, the first year he was here, he won Best of the Fest. Uh-huh. And um, this will be his third time with us. Okay. So, yeah, we're excited to get for him and his team to be back. And, of course, it's his delicious lobster rolls and chowder. And, you know, yeah. he's lost. I, I love that story. Truck. Yeah, the line for his truck is always about. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, Yeah. but I love I love that story. You know, he's from that area. He missed that food, Mm -hmm. and it has become a wonderful business for him. What are his lobsters like? Twenty eight bucks. Last at last look. Yeah, they they range. I think it was right around that. But he said he'll sell out. I mean, I know. Every place he goes, he sells out. Yeah. All right, so who else is, I'm looking through this list very quickly to see who we've talked yeah. about before. Creole Tomato has been with us every year. They're uh, a they? good North Shore staple. Frank and his team have been with us every year. They've won People's Choice a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, Tease Catering has been with us since the beginning. She's a local Slidell food truck. And then Lily Cajun Kitchen has been with us. Um, and then, we have a lot of, course, of new ones in here, know, too. Looks I'm sorry? Like, looks like you have a lot of new ones in here, too. Yes. So, Cayenne Seafood Specialties, they are out of Lafitte, and they actually go out and catch all their seafood, you know, a day uh-huh. or two before, and they yeah. cook up all fresh seafood. It's amazing. Um, Crab Man. What's Plus that? Wait, what's Cayenne, you said? Okay, Cayenne. Cayenne right. Seafood Specialties are okay. out of Lafitte. All right. Crab Man, um, is this the guy that runs around on a truck with his big Crab Man uh, in the window? I believe so, yeah. Huh, okay. This time in Louisiana, so okay. like, you know that's going to be a hit. Yeah. Um, Caliente, Mexican Craving, they're out of Baton Rouge, and they're coming over uh, to, sell, to serve up some great Mexican street tacos and churros and all sorts of different items. Nice. Um, rolling in the Dough. Who doesn't love a handmade pretzel? They're I feel like, I feel a, like a they've been hit. there before. Have they? Have they? I'm all? sorry? Have they been there before? I feel like I know that name. 
No? They have been with us before. Okay. And okay. the first year they were here, they just did traditional hand-rolled pretzels with different toppings, you know, uh-huh. um, obviously mustard for a pretzel and some yeah. cheese and some different things. Uh-huh. They now have a really full menu, obviously all based around pretzels, pretzels but they yeah. have a Mardi Gras pretzel that does really well. Okay. Mm. What's yeah, that fire? Lemonade. <laughs> that fire food truck. That, what is yeah. that? They do. They do rice bowls and just different. Um, their newer food truck. This is going to be mm-hmm. their second time with us. Okay. Um, they do some some newer things, some different mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, barbecue in South Louisiana. The GM Smoke and Soul Barbecue. They've been with us a couple times as well. All right now, pizza is. This is not the same one that you had last time, is it? The Pizza Platoon. Pizza Platoon, um, no, this is going to be their second time with us. Okay. And so they do, yeah, just traditional. They do some good old traditional pizzas. It's not the specialty pizza pizzas like Simplice did. Um, but, yeah, just pizza because, you know, yeah. we're going to have a bunch of kids here as well. Yeah, you got to have pizza. pizza. you got to have yeah, pizza. absolutely. All right. And then so also cheese- snowballs. So you got to yeah. have a festival with snowballs. So Val's yes, will be back for that. You do. All right, so Tease Catering, I don't remember that name. Is that a new one? She's been with us a couple times. Um, she mm-hmm. does the Cajun crawfish egg rolls mm-hmm. as with a couple other different local items. She does um, some Cajun shrimp alfredo pasta. She's going to do some jambalaya and some boudin. Okay, that sounds so she's good. She's a real, um, a real true southern, I like that. southeast Louisiana. All right, so Lily Cajun Kitchen, chicken on a stick. Yeah, they've been with us a couple times, and they um, they do everything from chicken on a stick to funnel cake. So it's ah, another okay. different kind of variety of. Is that not, is that um, like one of those portable trucks, or is that a regular food truck? But, uh, she's a trailer, a food trailer. Okay, okay. So licious. Okay, what is that? Licious so licious damn good. So is, damn good. Yeah. That's, okay, a, what is that? yeah, that's a food trailer out of Araby. Oh, okay. And they're going to do some pasta, some, some shrimp pasta and uh, yakame noodles. Okay. Is that a new one? Uh, this, I think, is going to be their second or third time. Okay. So, yeah, the new ones are Caliente Mexican, Crab Man Plus. Um, I'm glad to see Crabman getting into the game. After that, yeah. I only see him, you know, ahead of me on the highway, so I'm glad to see him parked somewhere serving up some seafood. Okay, so give yeah. us the details on where and when and how much and all that stuff. Sure. Well, the great thing is it's free admission. So mm-hmm. everybody loves it's free admission. You're just going to um, obviously yes. pay for whatever you decide to eat, drink, and purchase. And then it's here at the Harbor Center in Slidell. Uh, March 2nd, the doors will open at 11, and it's from 11 to 3. I do hate to throw this in, but it is rain or shine. We're watching the weather very, very carefully. Oh, that's right. You might break your tremendous luck streak with fantastic weather this year. Oh, I hope it's okay after all. The good news is, is obviously all the food trucks will be outside, but inside we have, inside the building, inside our grand hall, we have craft vendors. We'll have tables. We'll have chairs. We've got live yeah. entertainment. Okay, so um, it's either either way. Yeah, you got it. Okay, you got it covered. It's free yeah, parking so too, right? You just covered. you just pull up and park, and you you just go to the food trucks. How much are the average prices on these items at the food trucks? I guess it depends on what you get, huh? 
it depends on what you get, but really the tickets, you know, the, for the food, it's anywhere from eight to twelve dollars, um, okay. eight to maybe fifteen dollars, except for okay. Joel um, with the lobster rolls, because right, yeah. that's obviously different. Yeah. And it's you know, one uh-huh. lobster roll is very, very. It's it, it's a yeah. good portion, and it's very filling. Yeah. Well, you don't want to eat too much. You got to save room for all these sixteen others. Okay. Well, Valerie, uh, I wish you luck as always. I'm sure it's going to be a great fun time as always. And uh, we'll see you next, well, I would say next year, but six months from now. It'll be October. <laughs> and thank right, you so much for having us. Sure. Over. We really do sure. enjoy it. We appreciate you. I, I, I think it's a great Thing, and I'm glad that uh, that it's been so successful for you. I mean, really, really successful. Thank so you. good Thank for you. you. All right. Take care. All Bye-bye. right, Marianne. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. We'll be back with more of the Food Show after this. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville. 985-845-9940. Parish Coffee is a small batch, handcrafted blend of carefully selected Central and South American beans, skillfully roasted to produce a coffee that is aromatic when you open the bag, robust when it's brewed, and very smooth and mellow when you drink it. This is a coffee that will take you through the day, a gourmet roast without the gourmet price. Pick up a bag where you shop or go to parishcoffee.com and see the full line. Parish Coffee. Hashtag wake up to Parish. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. Alrighty, five five six nine six nine six is the number. You want to talk about food? We're here. That's what we do. That's what we've been doing for an awfully long time, and let's keep doing it. At three o'clock in our usual guest spot, we have Trey Williams, who is the chef at Josephine Estelle, and I look forward to talking to him. We have not had them on the show. I like Josephine Estelle. Uh, Josh, do you have you been to Josephine Estelle? I have not. Okay, we got to get you past. We got to get you past uh, tubes. What's on your list besides tubes? You did what? I'm going Saturday. (laughs) Where to Uh, tubes? To tubes. I'm sorry. (laughs) If it gets, if it turns terrible, I'll change. I know, but uh, but there's a lot of good places where you've not been any place else. I'm sure you've been some other places, huh? Yeah, tons of places, but like mm-hmm. when you find a good one, mm-hmm. they're in the rotation. Yes, they and are. What else is in your rotation? Uh, I love my Serepas and Tito's. Okay. I think they're both uh, solid, lo- um, mm-hmm. I, I guess, ethnic, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, it, I, I just go for casual hangout spots. Not a lot of fancy dinners unless it's a special event or birthday, uh-huh. holiday, so forth. We had the guy from a place called Trey's Boudin on yesterday it's a little place on the north shore who does just really great hogshead cheese although it is too spicy i had some more today and i'm gonna i'm gonna go for the mild version when he turns one out but See, that really would be chunky. up my alley but i never get up to the north shore well it's a uh, you know if you're in where you are then tubes is fine because they're doing the same thing and you don't have to go as far for it 
But I, I mentioned to him cracklins because I took a long time to get to the cracklin party, and I am crazy about cracklins. I don't eat them very often because they're hard to find. So I will say this about tubes. I'm not a big fan of tubes, but I do think their cracklins are really good. Yes, that's a big reason. I keep going back. Uh, I also like St. X's cracklin. Wait, where's that? St. X uh, in the CBD, the... Uh, the brewery barbecue spot that's uh it's on Loyola. Oh oh oh, that's uh, uh, near Devil Moon. Dome. Yeah, Devil, Devil Moon, Moon barbecue. Yeah. Okay, okay. And then also they have cracklins. I didn't know yes. that. Wait, oh, they have well, they, their menu keeps changing. Okay. Like, and so every so often they'll have cracklins back on the menu. And oh, also, okay. um, I think across the street from Toops and on Carrollton is that barbecue spot, and they yeah, have Blue crackling. Oak. Yeah, Blue Oak's cracklins. Wait, Blue Oak has cracklins? I've been told that they're better than Toops, so but I haven't tried it yet. Okay. It's, but Wait, yeah, if is you're that like a regular barbecue, thing? Uh, I'm, again, not sure. But I you would think barbecue spots would Let me have look and see. crackling. Well, I don't know. Um, it makes sense for sure. Although I've not, I've not looked for that, so I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to look and see if, if cracklins is a regular thing on the menu, then that would be worth going in for. I love Blue Oak. Uh, I love their. Fresh cut fries with, you know, all the meats and cheeses on it. But I was not aware that they were doing cracklins. So I'm looking right now on the menu to see if, in fact, they do. They do have cracklins. Okay. Well, have to go and check that out. It's been a while since I've been there. I really do like that place. I don't like it as much as Central City. But I am willing to think about that. Um, it's been a, a while since I've been to Central City as well, but I, uh, I'm looking through this menu and I'm kind of intrigued by it. So, And if they've got cracklins, then i got to go see because I do like cracklins. I had some on the North Shore the other day. I was extremely underwhelmed by them. But I think that cracklins is something that has to be fresh. It, it, they've got to be warm and fresh in order to be. But what doesn't uh, have to be fresh? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I don't know. Let's see. What doesn't have to be fresh? Uh, the hogshead cheese I was talking about doesn't have to mm, be yeah. super fresh. Something that has to be hot, that is better hot, does have to be fresh. But there's a lot of things that I think don't have to be fresh. Obviously, fresh is more desirable, but, you know, it's not. You have to throw it away or I mean I did not eat the cracklins I took a couple of bites and they were really not good and cracklins are not cheap they're expensive the guy that we were talking to yesterday explained that cracklins are not as simple as you think if you think that you are you know well there's a wide a spectrum of, of what they call cracklin that I've gotten at different places where you go to Toops or I guess Blue Oak too and St. X it's those like soft squares almost that are um, hot and, and chewy. And then other ones are like uh, pork rinds. Well, uh, yes. Uh, uh, pork rinds, though, I think are distinctly different than cracklins. Well, right. The and spectrum is between the two, though. Yeah. I, I've had yeah. someone say they're cracklins and they come closer to pork rinds. And then when I have the really nice ones, it's yeah. like a hunk of meat almost. 
Exactly. But I feel like the, uh, the, the pork rind aspect of it kicks in when they've been sitting a while. They, they seem to be more like pork rinds, although I'm hardly an expert on, on cracklins. I just started eating them a couple of years ago, but um, I do really, really like them. And they, they are widely varied. They really are. And um, you have to be kind of selective about where you get them. Although I am, I hadn't really thought about it. Of course, it makes sense that they are in a barbecue place. And I need to just kind of breeze in and hit a couple of barbecue places for their cracklins. 556-9696 five, five, six, six, six is the number. Edible dictionary word today is Tilsit. It's a German uh, cheese is what it is. It's a pale yellow cow's milk cheese made commercially in Germany and nearby countries. Its history allegedly began with a mistake, as so many cheeses often do. Dutch farmers trying to make their familiar Gouda stored the cheese in a place that was too moist. Instead of tightening up into the uniform texture of Gouda, the cheese formed interior cracks, which admitted bacteria that sharpened the flavor and aroma of the cheese. Another story has it that the cheese was created in Russia by Swiss emigrants trying to duplicate Emmentaler, but the damp cellar anecdote remains. Tilsit is like a sharp Havarti. Tom says, in fact, Havarti may have evolved from Tilsit. It's good snacking cheese and goes well with Riesling wines. You get the cheese plate at Toops and cheese and meat plate a lot, I would assume. Huh? Yeah, the meadery board there. I mean, for a long time, it stayed at $30. It was an excellent deal for two people. Uh-huh. And now I think it's up to 33 though. Oh, that's De okay. Yeah. Was there, is there cheese on it? Or is There's it just a separate uh, cheese board you okay. can get. Are the cheeses what I call stinky cheeses, or are they... Um, like, I, everything rotates. So. Yeah, but I mean, are they of the, you know, there's the stinky cheese world, which is more for the gourmets there. They're really strong flavor, strong smell. And then there are the ones that, you know, are maybe different and, and unusual, but not necessarily uh, an acquired taste. I'm not sure if they do it, but I think it might be separated for like a specific dessert board would be your cheese board, too. And then they have a more robust one with the okay. stronger cheese. So you can so you can go for there's the stinky uh, variety of the cheese board, mm -hmm. and it's probably not. I just called never stinky yeah, cheese. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> what you're calling stinky cheese, I might just think is like, oh, that's a really cool strong cheese. Yes, but but it is essentially a stinky cheese. Right. I mean, is what it's been called for a long time. Now I'm sure today. Uh, as uh, diners are more adventuresome, particularly younger diners, it probably, you know, and, and they don't want to offend anyone by saying stinky cheese. I'm sure it's probably, there's probably another word for it. I don't know what it is, though. Five five six nine six nine six words to drink by from Epicurious. We should look for someone to eat and drink with before looking for something to eat and drink. That is so true. Dining is such a social endeavor. 
I don't really think about it in those terms because, first of all, we're not diners. Uh, under the circumstances, we kind of can't be. But uh, if you go to a place like Clancy's, for example, people are dining and it's social and they sit there for hours and they go through rounds of drinks and bottles of wine and plates of appetizers and course after course and they laugh and they talk and it's really fun to watch. I like to go to Clancy's at least as much for the scene as for the food. It is one of those things where you just are caught up in the environment even if you're not really part of it. That's also true of Pascal's Manali, particularly in the new era of Dickie Brennan. At least it has been the two times we've been there since Christmas or before Christmas and then not long after Christmas. Uh, it's a lot about uh, camaraderie and it's, it's wonderful. Social dining is a, is a terrific thing. There was a woman at the bar last night at Mimi's and she was doing the antithesis of what I'm referring to. She was sitting at the bar, she had a glass of wine, she had her computer going, she was on the phone, and she was eating all at the same time. And um, I think that Epicurious would be curious about that as a dining experience, for sure. But a common one today. Words to Eat by from Peter DeVries, an American author born today in 1910. Gluttony is an emotional escape, a sign that something is eating us. Oh, these are profound today. We don't normally get them uh, as profound as this, but these are most interesting. Josh, you are not a regular on this show, but oftentimes some of these will be so deep, I have to sort of let it sink in and really think about it, which I don't have time to do because, you know, your job is to talk. So uh, I am intrigued by some of these, but these are just like obviously profound. Uh, Lawrence Durrell, an English author born today in 1912, has the other words to eat by. He says, all culture corrupts, but French culture corrupts absolutely. I guess that would be including French dining, which I feel is um, so much more civilized than what we do. I'm intrigued by the French dining scene. It's dining for sure, it's elegant, and it is, uh, well, it's delicious for sure. But I've always been intrigued by the comparisons to the way Americans eat and how the French eat a lot but never get fat because they savor what they do. And I think they view the way we eat, and I'm sure that they do, meaning across Europe, as something um, that that heathens do, and I, I agree. I mean, I think that we don't really we don't really dine the way they do. Anyway, 
556-9696 is the number. I say that just automatically. Don't use it yet. Anyway, we might uh, want to ask a question of our next guest, Trey Williams, who is the chef from Josephine Estelle. So stay with us for the More of the Food Show, and we'll be talking to him. WGSO New Orleans. Time for the news. USA Network. It is 3 o'clock. We'll be back. USA News, I'm Tim Berg. Senate Minority Leader from Kentucky, Mitch McConnell, says he will be stepping aside to allow a new generation of Republican leadership. The senator announcing his decision to leave his position as minority leader while speaking on the Senate floor Wednesday. Father, time remains undefeated. I'm no longer the young man sitting in the back hoping colleagues would remember my name. It's time for the next generation of leadership. He says he will step down as a Senate Republican leader in November, but intends on serving out his Senate term, which ends in 2027. President Biden is speaking about his efforts to improve crime rates and to encourage safety in communities. The president highlighting his handling of crime with his American Rescue Plan. We provided $350 billion, $350 billion that was available to deal with these issues. You know, and uh, the fact is that uh, we find ourselves we could use it to this money to keep law enforcement on the beat, communities safe from violence. Hunter Biden spent some time Wednesday testifying before a Republican-led congressional committee about his foreign business dealings and whether President Biden was implicated in them. As far as what he's getting out of the hearings from Biden, Florida Republican Congressman Matt Gates says... It is a mirage to believe that Hunter Biden was engaged in international business. This was uh, a bribe masquerading as an international business transaction. Nothing more, nothing less. Wildfires are continuing to burn the panhandle of Texas. The largest of the fires, called the Smoke Creek Fire, has become the second largest wildfire in Texas history. Many small towns have been evacuated. Dozens of homes and cars have also been destroyed. This is USA News. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discrete sensor on your body and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger sticks. If you are living with type 1 or type 2 diabetes and you use insulin or have had hypoglycemic events, you might be eligible for a CGM through your insurance benefits. U.S. Med partners with over 500 private insurance companies and Medicare. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill your insurance. Call us today for a free benefits check. 800 9891361 that soon we will have an agreement for keeping the government open beyond Friday's deadline. We'll keep working very diligently today. And I ask my colleagues to stay flexible and be ready to act quickly when the time comes. The State Department is spending some time hosting representatives from both Mexico and Guatemala 
to address the illegal immigrant crossing at the U.S. southern border. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken speaking alongside representatives from both foreign nations at the State Department. The collaboration, the work between the governments of Mexico and the United States has never been stronger, uh, never been greater. The challenges are also uh, significant, but... Cool front coming through, but a warm-up first as it goes to the upper 70s. There's a chance of a spotty shower or two coming in late afternoon and early evening. Dropping off to mid-40s north, 50 south tonight. Gusty tomorrow, yeah, but gradually lighter winds. Mostly overcast, dry, and low 60s. Scattered showers tomorrow night. Likely showers, possibly a thunderstorm or two also in the mix. Friday, Saturday, and diminishing chances of rain on Sunday. Warming up each day, Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Sleepers, stay cabs, dump and service trucks, flatbeds, buses, trailers, boats, RVs, farm tractors, pickups, autos, and more. The two-day spring public auction, accepting your consignments, too, at Henderson Auctions in Livingston, Thursday, March 14th, Friday, March 15th, 9 a.m. Preview Wednesday, March 13th, 9 to 4. Register now at HendersonAuctions.com. Business license number AB-459. We are back with our number two of the food show or the second course. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris, and this is the time we normally invite someone in to chat about food, their restaurant or a product or something like that. Today we have Trey Williams. He is the chef at Josephine Estelle, which is a lovely restaurant in the CBD in the Ace Hotel. Hello there. Hey there. Thanks for having me. Uh, so you are chef number three at Josephine Estelle? Is that right? Um, yeah. So it's complicated because it's housed within the Ace Hotel, right? So there are executive chefs and then chef de cuisine at um, Josephine Estelle. Um, so there's been a number of chefs who have come through the doors uh, fulfilling different roles. I see. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's been around since 2016. Is that is that correct? Mm -hmm. I think. It is. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And I remember that the chefs who started it were from Memphis. Is that right? Or do I have that wrong and that the 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 restaurants or the restaurant was inspired by two restaurants in Memphis? What's the Memphis connection? No, no, you're correct. Um, so when that restaurant opened, uh, it opened with chef partners uh, and their names are Andy Tyser and Mike Hudman who opened their original restaurant in Memphis um, and then partnered with the Ace to open Josephine Estelle uh, oh, the hotel okay. opened down here. I see. All right. So uh, are they back in Memphis and they just sort of opened it and then and then it's on its own now? There's no that's affiliation right. now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's right. Um, okay. But yes, they were chef partners and opened it and saw it through its, its earlier uh -huh. years. Um, okay. And now we run independently, independently down see. here as part of the Ace. Okay, and so the menus and the inspiration and all is not necessarily tied to them anymore. It's it's they're everyone's doing their own thing now as they come through the door as the chef. Yes, that's correct. Okay, okay. So where are you from? 
Uh, I am from Tennessee originally. Um, okay. I grew up in East Tennessee um, oh. in a really small town outside of Chattanooga. Okay. Um, and then left for college and moved around for a while and then ended up in Memphis working for Andy and Mike. I was uh, thinking as you say this, that it doesn't sound like the connection's here. over, you know, it, it's like, yeah. It, yeah. Okay. So it isn't well, really, they're, they're, uh, they're friends and mentors. Um, uh, so uh, I still touch base with them from time to time. Um, okay. but technically they're not, not a part of the, the ACE. We're just going to sell anymore. I see. So essentially it sounds like you knew them and worked for them and then they may have mentioned, oh, you should maybe go down to New Orleans because that's a really good uh, place to cook. And uh, we, you know, we know this Josephine Estelle place. Is, was that something like maybe yeah, what happened? Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I, I visited down here myself and loved the city and mm-hmm. always wanted to live here at some point. Uh, uh-huh. you know, so like I enjoyed my time in Memphis also, but when it felt like it was time to move on from there, um, uh-huh. I wanted to get down here and okay. was lucky, got a great job. Um, yeah. and the rest, you know, I'm down here. Yeah. There you go. How long have you been here? Uh, I moved here in May of last year, actually the okay. first weekend of Jazz Fest, my partner oh. and I moved down uh-huh. here. Well, that's a good time to come. Um, I, I hope you weren't stuck <laughs> in the busy. kitchen while Jazz Fest was going on. Did you get to do any Jazz Fest or did you get right to work? So the first week we took to move into our new place and uh-huh. um, we were going to go to Jazz Fest, but ended up just going to some of the shows uh, after Jazz Fest instead, uh-huh. instead of going uh-huh. to Jazz Fest proper. And then the second week I did transition into working. Um, okay. So it was fun to, I don't know, it was a busy start. Uh, so it was good. And that's There's so many stories of people who are from other places and you ask them how they wound up in New Orleans and somehow or another, the first sentence always involves jazz fest. So even though that wasn't necessarily, yeah, even though that wasn't necessarily your reason for coming down here, it's just funny that you said that because that's kind of like part of most people's stories, at least the ones that I've heard. So Josephine Estelle is an interesting restaurant to me, not necessarily just an interesting restaurant, but it's an interesting hotel. It is in a building that was, I believe, a furniture store, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it has that 40s kind of vibe to it, I think, anyway. Do you feel that way? It's it's an unusual environment, I think. Yeah, I do. Uh, that's one of the things I like about it. Um, yeah. It is rustic in a way. Like we try to we try to pretty it up and make it nice, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but it is like it's, it's an old building. It's got old yeah. bones. And that's yeah. something that that I like leaning into. Yeah. It definitely shines through the the history of it and the fact that it is not just a brand new anything is definitely a part of the scene for sure. It looks like you might have done something to it from the picture. I haven't been in a while, but it looks like maybe there's a a separation between the uh, in the dining room that maybe wasn't there. Are is the kitchen still open like it was? It is. Yeah, it is. Um, okay. It's not. Okay. A, it's not a fully open kitchen. There is like uh-huh. a uh, like like a partition of sorts, um, uh-huh. but it's not walled off or glassed off by any stretch. Um, okay. The section of the dining room that's closest to the kitchen, um, from the tables that are closest, I mean, our cooks on the line could have a conversation with the folks who are sitting at those tables. Yes. So in that yes. sense, it is. It's pretty open. Yeah, correct. Now, they also had, as I recall, a little sort of like an outdoor couple of tables. Are those still around uh, on Lafayette Street? 
They are. Yeah, we okay. closed them off for the wintertime. Um, uh-huh. But now that the weather is um, warming up, the plan is to, to seat folks out there again. Yeah, the last time I was there, I was actually out on Lafayette Street at a table having breakfast and enjoying what are fantastic scones. I don't know if you... Pastry Chef is the same one that has been around for a while. Or I would imagine, though, that the recipes are the same. Do you still have the mm-hmm. daily scone and basic scone? We do, yeah. yeah. Um, so we, we, we do have those. We sell them out of Lovage, which is the coffee shop next to Josephina Cell. Um, uh, okay. And they are, they are the same recipe and the same okay. pastry chef. Um, yeah. Our pastry chef, Chloe, is excellent. And yeah, um, she's really. one of the longest tenured folks in, in that kitchen. Um, yeah. So those are her scones. Well, good. Good to know because she's very good. And and uh, the breakfast that I had was really spectacular. And that was the last meal that I had at Josephine Estelle. But we've had quite a few there. So how have you changed the menu much uh, upon arrival? Or are you pretty much, you know, coming in and doing what, what's been done before? Um, I have changed it. Um, that being said, I, like I mentioned before, I worked with, uh, Andy Tyser and Mike husband for a long time at Memphis. Um, mm-hmm. and so I think that while I worked for them there, our visions were, were pretty aligned. Um, mm-hmm. so I think a lot of folks, there are new dishes on the menu, but they, I, I, I hope that they wouldn't notice that Andy and Mike weren't down here still having a hand in the restaurant. Right. Uh-huh. Because for a long time they mentored me and, um, it is it is my food now, but my food um, is is pretty similar to to their food. To their and I food, hope that's a, I hope that's a good thing. Yes, no, it is good. I think I think Josephine Estelle is good. Congratulations, by the way. I don't know if you're even aware of this, but we um, people send me a lot of lists and things that I might want to talk about on the show, and um, someone sent me a list of the best pasta dishes in each state in the country. Are you aware of this? That no, was you? I'm not. Oh, okay. So in New Orleans, it was uh, Josephine Estelle. I don't remember the exact dish that it was. Uh, I could look it up and uh, it's it's uh, I was surprised to see that Josephine Estelle was the chosen one, because you guys kind of fly under the radar. Would you say that that's true? You um, a lot of well. First off, I'm happy press I'm happy and promotion for the recognition. Yes, congratulations. Um, yeah, like that's that's great to hear. Um, I would say to be honest with you, like I I don't know. Um, like I, I'm still relatively new down here. I feel like yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so what I did when I came in was just like put my head down and really try try to work mm-hmm. on. Um, expanding Uh the the menu and the pasta program in particular. Um, When I started, it was pared down uh, to like, I think there were five or six pastas on the menu. um, And I'm accustomed to running restaurants with more, more options. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I really worked on um, getting more options available for the menu. Um, So, um, I'm not really sure if we fly under the radar or not, but uh, my hope is that we're putting out a really good product now that will keep folks, um, that, that will please folks when they come in and then make them want to come back and try more stuff because there's more stuff available to try now. 
Yeah, well, good. Okay, so we're going to talk about what the new stuff is. When we come back, we're talking to Chef Trey Williams from Josephine Estelle in the Ace Hotel. We'll be back after this. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites. And we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. I get misty just holding your hand. Alrighty, I was looking up while uh, we were um, in the break. It was the best Italian restaurant in every state, according to Yelp. Now, I don't know if this is the same one, uh, but I'm going to just sort of fly through it while we're talking um, and see sure. if it is the one that I'm thinking of. And I, cause I would like to, would like to remember what the dish was that you mm -hmm. offered. And mm -hmm. uh, okay. So no, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is not the same one. So we'll have to, I'll have to keep looking or maybe I'll, uh, I'll pass it on after I find it, but it won't be for this conversation. So what okay. is it that you have added to the menu that you're proud of? Um, like I said, one thing that we definitely, that I wanted to expand when I came down here was the pasta section of the menu. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's one of those things like we're proud of our small plates and we're proud of our entrees. Um, but it's a special thing when a place makes all of their pasta fresh by hand and house. Right. And we do that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wanted to expand that section of the menu. Um, and one thing that we've added a lot of are what we call laminated pastas. And we also call them handmade pastas, although really all of it is made by hand, uh, which means uh, shapes that have some sort of like filling or stuffing in them. So like ravioli style pastas, despite the fact mm -hmm. that they might not be shaped exactly like a ravioli. Um, and those are what was the word you used? What was the word that you used? Laminated. Uh, Laminated. Okay. That's what um, I thought you yeah. said. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So to make right. those, you use um, a sheeter. That's what the machine is called. And the way uh -huh. that you would laminate croissants, um, yeah, uh -huh. the process isn't the same, but that's, I, I think that's where the terminology comes from, like a, like a laminated mm -hmm. pasta. Okay. So um, what, so what are the to, stuffings? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, it, it all changes depending on the season. Um, that's one thing we're really big on, or I'm really big on, is um, seasonality and cooking with the seasons. Mm -hmm. So um, I want our menu to change almost completely. Like there are some favorites that will never leave. Right. But most like? of our menu will change, uh, four times, four times a season. Oh, um, okay. We'll always have, uh, or I'm sorry, four times a year, um, with every season. Um, mm -hmm. but we'll always have, we do a cashew e pepe, um, which is a classic Italian, um, sauce, right. Pasta sauce made with, we use Grana Padana for hours, um, and nice telecherry black peppercorns. That's a favorite that will never leave. Um, we'll always have a bolognese on the menu. Um, As everyone should in an Italian restaurant. To me, that is like a staple, you know? Right, right. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, what, what I want is to have a menu that, on the one hand, has creative dishes that are progressive and give mm -hmm. folks an opportunity to try something new and fresh and something that they might not have encountered before. Mm -hmm. And alongside that, have dishes that are just like old school classic Italian comfort food. Um, yes. So depending on 
who you are and what mood you're in when you come in, you can take either either of those routes, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a question for you, but uh, our producer Josh said that he found that article. What is it? What's the? Where is it, Josh? Ah, that is it. Okay, and what was the Josephine Estelle dish? The dish was the canestri cacio, cacio pepe, cacio pepe. I'm sorry, we're going to have to talk about the cacio pepe anyway, because I, I, I'm a cacio pepe fanatic. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I want to, I want to talk about it, but, um, okay. So that's, that was your, uh, winning dish on this list. Yeah. It's 24 um, seven wall street. Is that the name of the website, Josh? Yeah. You they rank look... the best uh, of okay. places for pasta in each state. Yes. Places for pasta in each state and work cacio pepe one. All right. So we can go back and, and talk about the other things you were talking about, but we have to come back to cacio pepe cause I, I want to take you to task for your cacio a pepe. <laughs> yeah, let's talk. Let's talk. <laughs> so yours, I know, has olive oil and butter in it, right? Is that right? It does. Yep. We use olive oil and so, butter in ours, but only a little bit of each. Okay. So, so but me, you don't... To, go ahead. What? What? No, I was just going to say, like, to me, like, cacio a pepe, our, our, our iteration of it for pasta, it, it's a very, like, classic, traditional cacio. Um, what we focus on is sourcing really excellent ingredients for it mm-hmm. um, and then the technique that it takes to make it well because it's not an easy dish to make well. No, it's... it's um, Cacho Pepe is the most... Like, I just don't understand how anyone who wasn't born in Rome ever makes it. And I don't think that anyone who wasn't born in Rome makes it the way it's made traditionally in Rome. So every cacio pepe I've ever had, as a matter of fact, that's not true. I've had one cacio pepe at a restaurant on the North Shore. And as soon as I had it, I said, who's in the kitchen? And they said, well, there's this guy. He came from Rome. And I said, of course he did, because this is (laughs) cacio pepe from Rome. But I've never seen it. I see it all over. I get it all over. But I've never seen it like that. So I really kind of feel like you have to have been raised in a Roman household to to know how to do it exactly the right way. But I still like yours. I mean, I think it's good, but it just, you know, do you, you don't do the wheel, do you? Or do you? No, no. So yeah, that yeah. Is, that's I mean, that's it. Old school way. It's with a whole yeah. wheel of cheese, and you yeah. scrape it out, and the sauce forms yeah. itself. I mean, it's it's, um, it's. Have you ever tried to do it that way? Because like, it's a disaster unless you were born in Rome. Yeah. And, and just like a giant mess and like not not feasible not feasible in a restaurant setting unless you sell a ton of it right um okay but what well, we maybe do, that's it. like mm-hmm. we do bring in um whole wheels of grana padana right and break uh-huh. them down ourselves every day so uh-huh. it is an aged cheese right um but that being said, like when, when you grind it up fresh um or microplane it fresh for that sauce it makes it makes a big difference um uh-huh. And then, like I said, we also use pelletieri peppercorns rather than just commodity ones. And those are a little bit fruitier and uh, oilier than just commodity mm-hmm. peppercorns. So the quality of those two ingredients, I think they go a long way toward making ours really good. And maybe what Why did you like choose canestri? Why did you choose canestri um, for the pasta? Well, so all our, all our noodles are paired with the sauces um, mm-hmm. with, like, functionality in mind, right? What you right, want sure. is a noodle that, that eats well with the sauce. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so Canestri, I think, is a good choice for cashew and that cashew is not like a super heavy meaty sauce. So you don't yeah. need a noodle that is like overly sturdy for it. Uh, but you do want something um, with a shape that, that picks up the sauce while you eat it. So that's why Canestri is a, is a good choice for that sauce. Well, in Rome, it's always done with spaghetti. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, spaghetti is a good choice, too. We, we've done, um, I've worked in restaurants in the past that do uh, spaghetti with, with cashew, and I think that's a, that's a good choice for, um, that's a good noodle for that sauce as well. Did I do anything that knocked me off? Yeah, I just I just got you back. Um, oh. It might have been on my end, but, but I hear you now. Oh, okay. All right. So I we were talking about the choice of noodles, and um, and I don't know if I guess Josh was it just me that was gone? Was he able to be heard? Uh, he was still there. You dropped out. Okay. All right. So then people, you you don't have to repeat that. So, all right. Um, but the you choose the 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 noodle based on the sauce and how it will pick up the sauce. I I just happen to be obsessed with cacio e pepe. So what are some of your favorites and what are some of the most popular ones in the restaurant? Um. So like I said, we we always want to have like classic old school Italian dishes so that just sort of scratch the uh, the comfort food itch. You know, mm-hmm. when you come in. Yeah. So cacio e pepe will always be on the menu. Bolognese will always be on the menu. Um, since I've started, we've had like a like a braised pork, like pork and tomato sauce uh, that's mm-hmm. a little bit different texturally than a bolognese. Like mm-hmm. to me, that's classic and appropriate for all seasons, and I always want to have that. Um, and then recently, for like like all the more um, progressive stuff um, mm-hmm. is is highly seasonal. So for winter time, we've had um, a shape called caramelli, which is like a caramel candy looking shape. Uh, the hmm. filling on that is sweetbreads, and we did like a play on au poivre uh, to to go with it. Um, mm. So the thought there is like beef au poivre is super classic, right? But we wanted to make it our own, mm-hmm. so uh, we did sweetbreads instead of like a straight beef steak, um, and we used Sichuan peppercorns in the au poivre um, because I think that's unique and like really cool. Yeah. Maybe something that a lot of folks haven't encountered. Yeah. Um, to, uh, I don't know, like, like make it our own, I guess. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like Car- Carmeli with sweetbread filling, uh, Sichuan au poivre, and then uh, we garnish it with saba, um, which is a byproduct of winemaking. Um, and it's, it's like all the, all the sweetness that you get, like the fruitiness mm-hmm. you get from wine without any of the fermentation or the alcohol. So you get this dish that is like very Sounds like, super rich. and umami forward. Yeah, yeah, very rich, right? Yeah, uh, with a little bit of sweetness to to open it up a little bit. And is that is that still in, or was that just a wintertime dish, or have you switched it over? It is on the menu. It, it is, is on the menu right now. Um, okay. mm-hmm. My my chefs and I um, we are in the process of looking forward to spring, right, mm-hmm. and thinking about spring dishes. Uh, but our like winter portion of the menu is is what we're running running service with right now. 
Okay. And so what are you, what are you thinking? Of, like, when will it change in, for the spring? Um, I'm a believer in changing menus gradually uh, based off of the availability of ingredients. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't like to do like a hard full menu flip. Instead, mm-hmm. things will change gradually a couple dishes per week at a time. I see. Um, okay. But we, we are in the process of changing those out. Um, so like we've got a, a squid ink pasta with uh, shellfish that is, that is coming soon, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and that'll replace something uh, that is going out of season. Uh, mm-hmm. So in that sense, the menu, part, part of the menu is always a little bit in flux. Uh, and then we have standards that, that never, never change, you know, standard dishes that, that will always be there. So your focus, since you have been here, has been to increase the pasta menu and to focus more on sort of stuffed pastas. Uh, that's one of the things, yeah. One of the things okay. that we've changed um, during my tenure um, and then we also do small plates that we're really proud of and mm-hmm. like full blown entrees also. Um, yeah, so I was going to ask is, you about your large plates. Uh, can mm-hmm. you stay yeah. for a couple of extra minutes? Cause normally it's a, it's a half hour interview, but, uh, if you could stay, I would like to go through some of the other menu items. Like I see you have a panzanella salad, which I really, really like. And you don't see panzanella salads very much. That's an entree. Um, it's not. That's that's in the small plate section. Um, yeah, but but I would. Or, I'm sorry. You're talking about yeah. On the lunch menu, we do a shrimp panzanella salad, um, but also a panzanella small plate. And yeah, I'd be happy to stay on. Yeah. Okay. Because um, I I wanted I want to talk about the the more uh, substantial things besides the pasta. Because you know, in every Italian restaurant, mm-hmm. you certainly have the roasted meats and that sort of thing, and see what you have done with that. Um, and I, I would like to find out about that. And I also do want to talk about your desserts because I think, what is your chef, your uh, pastry chef's name? She's very good. Chloe. Yeah, she's Chloe. Chloe. Yes. And I, I, uh, I would like to, and I don't know if you feel like you can you know, speak for her, then I, I, I would like to talk a little bit about your dessert section because I'm sure it's very yeah. good. Okay, that's great. It is. All right, we are talking to Trey Williams. He is the chef at Josephine Estelle, which is a restaurant that I don't hear a lot about in the Ace Hotel in the CBD. It's news time, Louisiana Radio Network. It's 3.30. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Jeff Palermo. Louisiana adults who are not felons will soon have the ability to carry a concealed handgun without a permit or training as a result of a bill given final legislative approval by the House today. Pineville Representative Mike Johnson says crime is a major problem, and this legislation will give law-abiding residents a chance to defend themselves. The only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Governor Jeff Landry plans to sign it, and it will go into effect on July 4th. In Louisiana, more than one in four rural hospitals are struggling financially, putting them at risk for closure. That's according to a report from a national health care consulting firm. Tulane professor of health policy and management, Mark Diana, says closure is not the only risk. Some services that are being reduced in a number of rural hospitals, that includes OBGYN services, and that can be a significant access reduction for people in those communities. LRN. 
Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Call 800-215-2418-800-215-2418-800-215-2418. In search of the perfect cut for your lawn? Join the pursuit by choosing from a full line of steel mowers. From gas and battery options to zero turns and push mowers, steel offers a wide range of mowing solutions for homeowners and professionals. Right now, get 0% financing on your purchase with a steel zero-turn mower. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com mowers. Available at select dealers. Financing available on qualifying purchases and subject to credit approval. See dealer for details. This is Ed Harrell, founder of The Kindness Revolution. A good friend of mine who was a terrific football player told me recently that he owes his success to a call he got from his football coach at a young age. The coach simply said, I've noticed how hard you're working on the line lately, and I appreciate it. That was it. That small sentence changed the way my friend played, and he says it changed his life. One small sentence from someone he admired. One simple statement of appreciation and encouragement made my friend better, and it can make your friends and employees and coworkers and family, you get it, better. So let's try it. Let's be more aware of saying how much we notice the hard work someone is doing. It might just change their lives and make our worlds a little kinder. For more information, check us out at thekindnessrevolution.net. The solar eclipse is coming in April, and you're going to be hearing a lot about it as it gets closer. You'll also be hearing about how important it'll be to have your solar eclipse glasses for your family and friends. Why not buy them from the store that promotes kindness? Simply go to shop-kindness.com and buy yours today. That's shop-kindness.com. By the way, our listeners get a 20% discount on all items, so head to shop-kindness.com and enjoy the eclipse safely with your family and friends. Remember, shop-kindness.com. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are seldom what they seem. All we are back with the chef from the Ace Hotel, Josephine Estelle. And I would say that this is a luscious menu. It's really uh, complex and very delicious, it looks like, as I look through it. I'm looking at your, your pastas, but also it's a small menu of the, of the main dishes, but I, I'm looking at the descriptions of them. And I always say that the food show works first on me. So I want to come over there this evening and eat some of these things. They're delicious sounding. And they, like I said, they're quite complex. I mean, this is a very nice Italian restaurant, really gourmet style, it looks like. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. And yeah, uh, I'd love to have you in. Yeah, please come eat. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting how you have it um, – sectioned off you have just a couple of entrees in the main courses and it's like fish duck pork lamb and then a new york strip but the descriptions of all of these uh it's quite it's quite complex what are some of your favorites on the menu um i really like the new uh, the, so the duck dish that we put on is relatively yes. new 
um, yes. the, the duck itself. So it's a, it's a hand-wristed duck breast um, with a pomegranate glaze. So like pomegranate juice reduced down to glaze consistency. Um, and then what I really like about that dish, it's served with rice and peas. Um, mm-hmm. We source some excellent rice. It's called Carolina Gold Rice um, from Anson Mills is the purveyor, which is out of South Carolina. Um, and then some delicious field peas to go with it uh, that are not dried but frozen while they're fresh um, from a relatively local farm in Mississippi. Um, so mm-hmm. to me, like, I love duck. Um, but to me, the field peas are sort of the star of that dish, to be honest with you, uh, along with the rice and the pomegranate glaze. The duck, uh, I mean, I'm not a duck fan unless it's on the bone, roasted on the bone. I don't okay. really understand duck breast. And I'm going to ask you a question that someone asked me. And I just because you're on the phone and we're talking about duck. And so I'm going to um, assume that you can rattle off the answer to this with no trouble. But um, why is it that duck has to be cooked? I think the question was, why is it that duck has to be cooked so much longer than chicken. Is that right? Does that make sense? No, I would say the opposite. Like, duck, okay, why? All right. So I wait. Would, the question was: the producer just said, "Why?" Thank you, Josh. Why do you have to cook chicken, but duck can be rare? Was that the question, Josh? <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I, it it has to do with what the animal eats. Right, uh, like duck eat a little bit better than, than chicken does, and so duck is safer to eat at a lower temperature uh, than, than chicken is. Chicken you need I to see. cook up to a higher temperature uh, okay. so that it's so that it's safe to eat. Okay, well, good. I mean, I just don't. When I see a a, a pink duck breast, I, I mean, I I just I, I'm not really a fan of the texture either. It seems like I I, I guess because I I like things more cooked and generally speaking my husband did this show for 33 years and I took it over I mean I hired him 35 years ago but um but I took it over but I always say I'm a broadcaster and not a gourmet so Mm -hmm. I I like things that are cooked generally speaking and I used to when I would dine with him I would say when they'd say how do you want it cooked I'd say more than you're inclined to just you know it's like (laughs) More more than you Understood, want to, yeah. yeah. And I think yeah, there are people um, like that, but duck breast, I don't know. I it, it's got to be on the bone for me because I think they it's ten it tends to be cooked better and longer if it's on the bone. Is that is that right? Is that a fair assessment? Um, I think it depends on how you like it prepared. Um, mm-hmm. If if you're okay with eating duck breast rosé, which is totally safe to eat, and yeah. that's the way I, I prefer to eat it and prefer to cook, uh-huh. prefer to cook it. I, I don't yeah. think it does any better on the bone necessarily. Uh-huh. But if you are someone who likes your duck cooked to a higher temperature, cooking it on the bone um, would keep it from drying out as much as if you cook like if you cook boneless duck breast to a higher temperature, it, it's going to dry out on you. Um, right. and so that's what we try to avoid by cooking it rosé. Okay. Well, maybe I, I, I guess the idea of, you know, looking at a, a, at, at a, a, that fowl and having it pink on the inside is a head trip, you know, for someone who's not a gourmet, mm-hmm. but for, for gourmets, they, they like it for sure. So maybe I need to yeah. try it. Maybe I need to revisit the subject and try it. I'm looking at the pork though which I don't mm-hmm. have any problem with. And uh, I, I think it sounds 
really complex and just a, a plate of really delicious food. A confit belly, yeah. roasted tenderloin. Right. Okay, go ahead. Describe it. So, yeah, so it's uh, pork and we serve it two ways. Um, for me, the quality of that dish, um, it starts with the farm that we buy the pork from. Um, so we buy our pork from a farm called Fen Place Pastures, uh, which mm-hmm. is up in Coma, Mississippi, uh, which mm-hmm. is not too, too far away. There is excellent pork. Um, and, yeah, we serve it two ways. So confit pork belly. Um, we confit it in, first we cure it and then confit it in, in pork fat, right? Mm. And then at pickup, we, we render it and sear it off so it gets crispy. And then we also serve it along with pork tenderloin, um, which is cooked to be in the circulator and then roasted off uh, to like caramelize and pick up color. Um, and then that, we serve it with, um, with like winter squash, yeah. puree of winter squash yeah. and root vegetables, um, carrots, and then whatever else we have on hand and then some yeah. kale to go with it. And we glaze the pork also um, with a glaze that is honey-based, but it has anchovy in it and Calabrian peppers and benet seeds, which are like heirloom sesame seeds, um, yeah. just, just kind of like to up the umami factor uh, going on there. Yeah, I, you've used that term several times, and I would say it definitely applies to these descriptions. I mean, they're quite complex. And uh, and just frankly, sounds really delicious. So uh, we had just a minute or two left. Let's talk a little bit about your desserts. I am sure they are equally complex. They are. Yeah. Uh, Chloe does an awesome job with our dessert program and, and her cooks are great, too. Um, one of my favorite things about that dessert program, it, it sort of mirrors the way I think about um, our, our um, savory menu and what I was talking about earlier, where we have like classic standard dishes that anyone would enjoy any night of the week uh, alongside stuff that is more progressive and creative and unusual um, mm-hmm. so that depending on what mood you're in when you come in, if you just want like a like a bowl of comfort food and a chocolate tart to go with it, like we have that That's for me. you. <laughs> or if you want to try something more unusual, um, uh-huh. we, we want to accommodate that guest as well, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe the same guest on a different day of the week, depending on what's going on. Um, so Chloe's like straightforward, classic, like pistachio chocolate tart is delicious. And then she also has stuff that is like unusual in the, in the best sense of the word, you know, um, for, for guests who might come in wanting to try something new. So, so give us an example of her, one of her more unusual things, because I maintain on this show that if you were to look at the amount of food and that this breakdown, I think that generally speaking, and this is a general statement, more people fall into the former category than the latter. They want comfort food and a pistachio chocolate tart rather than really wild stuff out of the box. Is that right? Well, what yeah, I, okay. I, I mean, you're, you're probably not wrong, uh, but my hope is that folks <laughs> who, who are in that boat will come uh-huh. in and try our cashew with pepe and try our rigatoni and try our chocolate tart and enjoy them and then trust us next time to like maybe take a chance on something that they, they wouldn't um, initially, sure. you know, um, and then really enjoy it. And then that opens, you know, that opens the doorway for, all yeah. sorts of um, new new things for that guest, and also like uh, conversations um, about things that are important. I think you know, um, well, but but to revert back to to 
one example of a more uh, unusual dessert, um, we have a crostata on the menu right now, um, <gasps> which crostata is not unusual in and of itself, uh, but no. we're using persimmons that we preserve, right? Uh, persimmons mm. are awesome, but like highly seasonal. Um, so we've got a persimmon and apple crostata with persimmon ice cream and uh, mm-hmm. like a honeycomb garnish that goes over the top of it. Um, well, see, I would eat so that. To me, you know, that's not too wild. <laughs> I would eat that. You know, uh, okay. I, I, okay. I mean, I eat cacio pepe and any pasta dish. I, I think that any pasta dish is still at its core a comfort food. So. You know, that's not in the same category, I think, as, you know, some really unusual meat dish or something like that. You know, I mean, I feel like you're in the ballpark with any pasta dish. I can't imagine anything wild enough that you might scare people off. Do you think? Yeah, I mean, my hope is like, I think that all food should be comfort food. It just depends on who's eating it, right? Um, Like, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, But I do think, I, or I, I don't know. Uh, speaking for myself, like I, I like going out and finding things that are a little bit more uncommon or unusual. Um, right. And on right. the like, I also like to eat just traditional, like straightforward dishes as well. So that's why we want to offer both of those. Yes, but I think that generally speaking, this is one of my favorite philosophical questions that I pose mainly to the ether, which is, uh, would you rather eat comforting food or challenging food? And I feel Uh, like people like you eat both, but that's not necessarily true of everyone. You know what I mean? I do. I do. Um, my hope is that there is room for both is what I would say. Um, like if you're eating, you know, uh, we, we all eat, we all eat a lot of food, right? Um, like meals every day. <laughs> Especially here. Um, and so I think like, I, I think food is, um, food is an awesome conversation point, uh, yeah. because everyone eats, right? Well, the show's um, been on for 35 years, so that'll give you an idea how much we like to talk about right, it. Right, right. Yeah. So. Exactly. And that's something we should celebrate. Um, yeah. and so my hope is that, um, folks will eat what they enjoy and also every now and then step outside of the box a little bit to try something that might be outside of their comfort zone, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Because if they don't like it, that's okay. And yeah, sure. um, we'll get them something they will like, right? Or, or they can eat something they like for their next meal. So is sea urchin going to turn up on the menu sometime? Sea urchins. Um, that would be more of a seaworthy <laughs> thing, which is the seafood oh, restaurant that is also Yes, and, and we're going to talk to them next week. Yeah, we're going to talk to them that's next right. week. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that's, that's up to James. <laughs> all right. I will ask him that question. And on that note, I will bid you adieu. And I hope to come in there soon because this looks like a great menu. And like I said, I don't, I don't hear a lot about it, so I don't think about it. But uh, it's a good place. So thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Please do come in. Bye. Okay. Trey Williams from Josephine Estelle. And I know I ran through the break. Is there an actual spot or am I just doing this live, Josh? Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, do the spot first, uh, my own spot, and then you can go ahead and since I missed it, and we'll just go ahead and play it after. Chasacey Ham is a delicious 
ham. It is a traditional delicious ham, and anyone would love it. The VIP ham is available all over town. If you don't see it, ask for it, because for 115 years, people in New Orleans have associated Chasasi with ham. It is our ham. Chasasi Brothers is the website, chasasibros.com. You will see if you go there that Chasasi VIP ham is not the only product they have. They have a bone-in ham. They have a roast beef. The Schatz Chili brand, which we all grew up eating, is also there. They have a full line of sausages that are affiliated somehow with some Saints players and also with some products. So you have to go and see what they do. There's a, quite a bit of things on the website at chasacebros.com. But back to the VIP ham. It is the one, the only. It's got a silky texture and a delicious flavor. And it's our ham, Chasacy, VIP ham. Ask for it at the supermarket. We'll be back after this. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. Alrighty, we are back. So, Josh, you are a much more adventuresome eater, I think, than I am. Although Toops doesn't do a lot of, a lot of unusual things, they're basically just a very meat-centric place. Yeah, but they right? they do on like the meadery board. I know like chicken hearts and stuff like that oh. that people <laughs> okay. would normally you know go for. Yes, they wouldn't. Correct. I do. I well, good, good. Then you yeah, can per, eat per my share, as Tom likes to say. What that chef's uh, talking about people outside the, the comfort zone. I, that's like where I go when I go out to dinner. I want to find the strangest, most outside the box thing to have at okay. any at, at any restaurant, whatever well, their theme is. I think that chicken hearts is probably not the most outside the box thing, but I think it would be for a lot of people and it isn't seen very much. So I guess you, you eat other kinds of awful. And I don't mean that in the way that some people might think I'm saying I O F F A L mm -hmm. the pieces, parts. Uh, what else have you had like that? Uh, um, well, let's see. Uh, when I went to the, the, the place we talked about on Monday, um, Pigeon and the Whale, uh, they had uh, the weirdest thing I could get on their menu was the swordfish, um, uh, what is it, schnitzel. I was like, mm -hmm. there we go. I never had schnitzel with swordfish, so I did that. Um, mm -hmm. I never have squid ink pasta. I had that when I was over there. Mm-hmm. Um, at going back to tubes, they do the uh, turkey necks. Uh, yeah, well, butcher. those are kind of ubiquitous on menus now. Although chicken hearts is definitely not. Well, the chicken hearts is just part of their meadery board. Yeah. But, I mean, is that like a standard thing on their meadery board? 
Uh, the last few times they were there, I'll find out really? on Saturday if, if they haven't shifted the ingredients uh-huh. again. Um, but, okay. but in general, I just keep an eye out for anything that's slightly different than just a you know, piece of fish on a bed of rice or mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you had tripe? I don't believe so, but I would try it. Well, it sounds like you would. And I don't know. Let me see. I know that uh, Krasna over at um, at Crescent City Steakhouse makes it, <clears throat> but it's not on the menu. It's only for people who, like Tom, would eat it. And um, it's it's a really intense, <coughs> excuse me, labor of love. Yeah, a lot of or- organ meats and stuff like that people don't usually get, I like. And right, that's stuff, what I'm saying. Any, we any don't, creature we don't with eat- liver done up, yeah. Generally speaking, in this country, we do not eat awful. Mm-mm. And it is becoming, uh, I think, I won't say more, it's more common than it ever was, but... Generally speaking, we we don't do that. We had Gunter Price um, on the show. We were talking about Jewel of the South. We did a a show with him in October where we took a box that Jewel of the South was offering, where you could it's you ordered it and it came into your house and everything was just beautifully done. It was like four hundred fifty bucks. You invited a couple of your friends over and most everything was done and you just heated it up and assembled it according to very detailed instructions. But I don't know if you've ever been have you been to Jewel of the South? No, but I remember that uh show. Yeah. Where, yeah. Haggis. What? You should try Haggis. Although as Gunter said the haggis in this country is not going to be true haggis because of the laws that we have that they don't have. And that works in reverse. Their food is actually better than ours because it's not, you know, an, uh, antibiotic infested, ingested, and all that sort of thing. But we don't usually sell awful. Well, here. on the same topic as you haggis, know, you have to go to Europe um, to get that. Blood sausage too is something that nobody, right? People don't like. But when I see it, like that right. again, that was probably on the metery board at Tubes at one point. I'm sure. I'll it take. Was. I'll take that absolutely. Yeah, I think that. Um, I think that. Oh gosh, I'm drawing a total blank on her name. Uh, Susan Spicer. I think she does things with blood sausage, or at least she did. I don't know if she still does, but I know that she was doing that at one time. But there's all kinds of things you can eat out there, that's for sure. And uh, I I definitely am intrigued about Josephine Estelle. It's been a very long time since I've been there. And uh, this is a is a good menu. It's It's kind of luscious from what I'm looking at. So anyway. we have two spots now. You can Josephine and then you gotta get to Blue Oak. Well not only that, I've got I've also got to get to Pigeon and Whale because mm. we had Pigeon and Whale on and then somebody told me something about Pigeon and Whale and I I became really intrigued by it after that. So uh, I do have to get uh, to Pigeon and, and Whale. You were also. mentioning with the but, food truck thing, uh, Joel's lobster rolls. Yes. Um, I, have to I was do the that one too. I brought that to Patty because uh, and um, they uh, pigeon in the whale also does lobster rolls too. It's becoming more, and there's more pop ups yes. now doing them. Yeah, Joel started a, well, a trend. You know. <laughs> well, you know, Joel's getting twenty eight bucks for a lobster roll, and people are going, "Well, I, I want to do that too." You know, so uh, I think that's I think that's great. I'm not a big fan of lobster because it's too chewy to me. But um, even 
in where it's right out of the water, it's still a little too chewy. For You're me, not going to find it can... cheaper than $28 anyway. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, lobster is an expensive thing, but, uh, but I don't eat things because they're expensive. I eat them like them. So like, uh, you know, I don't necessarily go out and look for lobster. I like the flavor of it. I mean, I get it in lobster bisque, but I don't want to chew on it. And so I do want to try Joel's lobster rolls because we had him on and I, I think he's really cute and I would like to see what he's doing. But, um, and I'm delighted that, you know, some kid can go to college and miss his food and become uh, a very successful entrepreneur just offering the food that he missed. I think I love that story. But um, in terms of going to get the lobster roll, I see it occasionally. I see his truck occasionally when I pass a beat of brew pub, not brew pub, a beat of brewery, which is close to my house. And um, they will from time to time have events that have food trucks and there'll be a few of them out there and then when I see Joel I go oh I got to get over there but I mean I can't stand in line with Tom and so I have to figure out a way to to go and have the lobster roll like maybe a pickup thing or something but I do want to try it at some point five five six nine six nine six is the number this is the time when we would normally hear from George but it does not appear that George is uh, is going to be on the line. It is getting so dark over here right now, like it's about to really, uh, the heavens are about to really break. Is it uh, dark? Not. I mean, I know you can't see, but I'm was trapped it, in the studio? I can't. Yeah, see was it looking like rain earlier today? Because it's been sort of looking a little dark, and then it would get light and change back and forth but i think it's official that it is it's about to roll in well the weather's changing we're dropping in the cold front i know yeah yeah so i guess though that the the cold cold weather is over i'm thinking that we're not gonna i don't know what puxatawney phil did but it looks to me like you know we're not having a whole lot more winter at least i hope not anyway all right, that is it for the food show. I want to tell you that tomorrow uh, we have the Cajun Ninja. I don't know anything about the Cajun Ninja. <clears throat> I do know that he is going to be at the Home and Garden Show, and I am not sure when that is. Even I would assume it's this weekend. But he will tell us all of those details when we talk to him. I am curious about what he does. I, I have him confused with the guy that travels around doing Cajun something or another. And I don't think it's the same guy. But uh, we will speak to him and find out exactly what the Cajun Ninja and the Home and Garden Show is all about this weekend. I want to tell you to go to nomenu.com, N-O-M-E-N-U.com. That is where you will find... Tom's 50 years worth of work, a couple of thousand pages or so on that website of anything that you would like to know about food in general and New Orleans food in particular. In fact, whenever we start talking about restaurants that are no more, which is maybe the second favorite topic of people in New Orleans, <laughs> restaurants that we miss, uh, you can type it into the little gray space bar uh, search bar, I should say, uh, on nomenu.com and come up with a whole bunch of articles because, like I said, Tom has been really busy, obsessively writing about food. 
for a very long time. N-O-M-E-N-U.com. If you go to the front page, top right-hand side, you can sign up for our newsletter, which comes out twice a month. That's where the better content is about the more substantive restaurants around town. We do also have new content that goes up right on the website on the front page. I am currently um, fixated on fish fries. And so uh, that's probably what will be up there for the foreseeable future. But we'll be interspersed with other things as well. We have Instagram at the New Orleans menu. We would love for you to follow us there. I used to post every day. I don't, but I do post fairly regularly, mainly when I want to alert people to something that's new on the website or the newsletter. Please tell a friend about the show. We have a good time. We talk about food as as our chef, Trey Williams, that we had on today was saying that that's kind of what people really want to talk and think about. And that is, in fact, true. That's what Tom has built his career on and, in fact, his life's work. So we do it every day, the same time. Tell a friend about the show. I think they'd be quite grateful to you for doing that. Also want to mention that Noki, I think, is starting or started today their pop-up bomba. WGSO New Orleans, time for the news. USA Network, it is 4 o'clock. Good night. See you tomorrow.